Praise God. How many of you are ready for the word this morning? Um, everybody's got an outline in their hand. Uh, somebody uh, was looking around from before for an outline, and, and, and somebody put an outline in your hand and said, Look, Pastor, could you preach on this this morning? And I, I said, I'll try. And so I've got an outline, so I'll try to preach from it this morning. Praise God. Uh, it's, uh, uh, some of you are aware, Vanessa and I were up in... Uh, Hawks Bay just a couple of weeks ago, preaching for a friend of ours, uh, Pastor uh, Nigel and Joe Woodley, uh, in the Flaxmere Christian Fellowship, and had a wonderful time there, wonderful church and great people. And um, and uh, just uh, prior to us going to the church, they were up there for the weekend, and uh, just um, they put us up in a lovely motel there and just spent some time in prayer. And uh, it sometimes happens with me, I pray about one thing and God opens up two or three other things. So I'm praying and like just having a wonderful time and Vanessa and I are just agreeing concerning good things. And in the meantime, God like opened up uh, to me a whole new, uh, if you like, uh, understanding of, uh, of, um, uh, of what he wants us to know and what he wants us to understand. And by the way, the title of this morning's message is Recognizing the Time of Your Visitation from God. And so that message, uh, uh, that concept that I'll be sharing with you today come from that time of prayer, that suddenly God's opened up something sort of quite supernaturally. You know, sometimes uh, putting the message together, uh, sometimes it's like, okay, well, let's go to the Word, and God, what are you saying? But at other times, it's like an explosion. It's like, wow, it's like, wow, it's like, God, I didn't know that. And uh, and in, in many respects, uh, God speaks to me about what I need. And uh, and some of the preaching that we do, it's like if it's you know, if I need it, then everybody needs it. Uh, um, and But at other times, God just opens up and says, God, that's, that's for the church. This is like for the people in the house. And uh, and then, of course, there's the overflow. We've got the internet on the go, and our messages are up online, and we're getting people from various parts of the world hooking in and uh, getting blessed by uh, the word that we preach here, and that's absolutely awesome. Now, this morning, I'll be speaking to you about uh, recognizing the time of your visitation from God. And you might say, could we miss a visitation? And the answer is absolutely. Uh, people many times do miss visitations from God. And when I talk about visitation, I don't mean so much a a physical, visible audible type deal that happened on the day of Pentecost where the Bible says where, where they were all gathered together in one place in one place in one accord and there was a, a, a rushing sound from heaven uh, and it filled the whole room where they were sitting and there was like an infilling of the Holy Spirit that took place it was audible it was visible there were flames of fire upon on the top of each one of the believers there um, fire and sound coming into the room in quite a, a violent sort of a way. It's hard to miss those visitations. But then there's other ones that I could call, if I can call it little ones. They're no less significant, but they're little ones, uh, personal individual visitations that sometimes believers miss. Um, and then down the track, months later and years later, it's like they're still praying about the same thing and say, God, when are you going to give me this? And when is that happening? God says, I visited you and you missed your time of visitation. And so I want to share with you today to make us more alert to those little visitations uh, that are quite significant, uh, God using them to bring blessing into our lives. And so I want to start this morning by reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. That was like the scripture that God impressed upon me uh, in that time of prayer here. And in verse 37, it says, As Jesus approached the road uh, leading down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. How many of you know it's all right to praise God with a loud voice? Sometimes people like it quiet, but God likes it loud. All right, with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Verse 38 says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Uh, here's the religious folk. They don't like noise. They just like everything quiet and orderly, as it were. And they said, Jesus, tell them to keep quiet. They're too excited. And, and uh, Jesus answered, he says, I tell you, if they keep silent, the very stones will cry out. Uh, now, when Jesus approached and saw the city, he wept over it, um, saying, if you had only known on this day, even you, the things that make for peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. Uh, for the days will come upon you when the enemies will build 
an embankment against you and surrounds you and claws you in on, uh, from every side. They will demolish you, you and your children within your walls, and they will not leave within you one stone on top of another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Now this is in Luke's Gospel. Uh, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, Jesus talking to his disciples. This is like speaking to the crowds. Jesus talked to his disciples and he says, they asked him about the temple and he says, there will not be one stone left upon another. Everything will be demolished. Animals will close in on every side. Um, and uh, basically what we're reading here is, we're reading a, a snapshot of what theologians call uh, Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Um, he's now approaching Jerusalem for the last time before his crucifixion. He's coming in. There was quite a deal going on where his disciples were excited. Um, Jesus is riding on a donkey, um, the foal of a donkey, actually. Uh, his disciples uh, put palm branches into the streets and quite excited, and some of them laid their clothes out for him to ride on and uh, and which is really a, a sense of surrender. It's, Lord, whatever you need from me, I'll, 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 I'm willing to, to give that, to, to, to lift your name high. And uh, all of that going on, Jesus began to prophesy. In fact, first of all, he wept over the city. Jesus saw some things down the track. How many of you know that God knows the future? Uh, and the Bible also says that the Holy Spirit within us shows us things to come. So if we are Spirit-filled and we're in the Spirit, and I'll come back to that later on, uh, to be in the Spirit rather than to be in the flesh. If we're in the Spirit, we will know things that are lying up ahead. There is a possibility for us to know the future. I'm not talking about every little detail of it, but to know about stuff that's coming up. And uh, he began to prophesy its complete destruction. Uh, and he basically said, look, enemies are going to close in from every side. You think you've got city walls? Well, there's going to be embankments built against it, and they're going to climb over, and they're going to demolish everything. And, and, and uh, of course, we know that in AD 70, uh, the Roman army under the leadership of, was it uh, Titus, uh, General Titus, came in uh, and demolished everything. Um, and so Jesus prophesied the destruction uh, he did, Jesus didn't make the destruction happen. He simply prophesied what was going to happen. Um, and he also spoke about the reason why it was going to happen. Um, and basically, they did not recognize the time of their visitation from God. Now, I know that that's a bit of a drastic uh, introduction into a message that I want to share with you this morning. And, uh, you know, I would not think that our city is going to be demolished uh, or our region is going to be demolished. In fact, if there were any earthquake trying to happen, we have already stopped them in Jesus' name and we'll continue to take authority uh, so that there's not going to be a repeat of Christchurch here um, and there's not going to be any Chinese army or any other, other army coming down to demolish. But, you know, there's plenty of destruction going on in individual believers' lives. Uh, there's bad stuff going down that should not be happening. Um, and so uh, there's three groups of people here in this picture, if I can use that expression of a picture, of a snapshot. Here's a picture. First of all, there's Jesus' disciples. They're in the crowd. They're the excited ones. Uh, uh, they are they're the ones that have fully embraced the teachings of Jesus, and they're on board. Um, and uh, secondly, there were the religious leaders uh, in the same crowd, religious leaders who oppose Jesus' teaching uh, and oppose Jesus as a person and oppose Jesus as an agent sent from God. Now, I know the word agent is not generally something that we use, but I want to use that this morning for a specific purpose to get, get an understanding that God sends out agents. And, of course, Jesus is not an agent. He's the agent from God. All right? Uh, so... Uh, there is the religious leaders, the second crowd, and then the third crowd is basically the general population of Jerusalem, many of who were quite oblivious to what was going on uh, and disinterested. Uh, disinterested meaning that, well, yeah, they heard about Jesus because that was all major news back then. There wasn't any radio, any TV, for no movies for people to enter the, entertain themselves with. Usually they were entertained by all the la latest happenings. And yes, they'd heard about it. Some came to have a quick look, but others like, oh, well, you know, I'm busy and, you know, I got my life and I'm just not into this religion thing all that much and, uh, and so forth. And uh, so these are the three groups of people. Now, you and I need to recognize that uh, the city's upcoming troubles could have been avoided. That wasn't like a damn deal. 
God didn't say, look, it's, it's going to happen no matter what. How many of you uh, have read through uh, the book of, uh, book of uh, Jonah where Jonah was sent up uh, to Nineveh and he says, prophesy destruction against the city. And you know, the people repented and destruction was averted. So Jerusalem's de destruction wasn't a damn deal. Uh, it could have been avoided. It could have been averted. Um, and God tried to help them by help the people there by sending his agent, capital A, his name is Jesus Christ, to, to, to warn them and to bring them under God's protection, but they would not listen. And uh, in Matthew 23, verse uh, 37, Jesus, uh, on a similar occasion, he says, All Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets, and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hand gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till, um, till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what really this does is it reveals the heart of God that God doesn't want destruction. God wants restoration. Uh, and God he says, how often, how often have I tried to gather you together? And God is stretched out and, and wanted to bring people under the wings of his protection and bring them away from their lifestyle, bring them away from their, from their involvement in just purely natural things and to give them a spiritual understanding to give them wisdom but but Jesus says here you would not you were not willing and uh, really uh, that tells us that God's plan is always protection rather than destruction it's always health rather than sickness it's always provision rather than financial devastation however we have to recognize the time when God visits us with the answer to our problems and with the wisdom that will avert disaster. Um, God is always for us. He's never against us. Uh, God's against sin, but he's for people. Um, and uh, sometimes I think, I wonder what God does all day long. Like, you know, creation is already made. Everything is all done. God's as it were, figuring out ways on getting blessings to you. Blessings to me. What else can I do to lift my people up into a life of greater blessing? That's the heart of God. When I grew up, I grew up in a religious environment where God was made out. And it wasn't so much said in so many words, but if you read between the lines, that's the message that you might have heard. It's like God's always looking for somebody that steps out of the line so he can clobber them. But God's not like that. Uh, God the Father clobbered Jesus on the cross and was all worked out between the three of them. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the plan of salvation was all worked out. And judgment was laid on Jesus so that you and I could go free. But friend, there is such a thing as a, a law of sowing and reaping and we sow the wrong kinds of seeds and a bad harvest will come our way. And God's trying to help us uh, to, to live by his word because Ultimately, it's only his word that's blessed. There's many philosophies, and for that matter, many religions in the world, but only God's word is blessed. Uh, and when we pattern our lives after it, then we will have a good life. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges, but because the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but out of, out of them all, he delivers us. And uh, to pick up again in the in our sort of key scripture here in Luke 19:41, when Jesus approached the city, uh, 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 when Jesus approached and saw the city, he wept over it. And uh, I had that sense in my time of prayer that God looks over the lives of His people, and there's almost like a weeping over the destruction that goes on in some believers' lives. They're Christians; they're going to heaven, but there's still bad stuff going on, and that should not be happening. He wept over it, saying, "If." You had only known on this day, even you, the things that make for peace. But now they're hidden from your eyes. And uh, does God purposely hide it from them? No, they just haven't bothered to see it. Uh, the Pharisees didn't want to see it. They heard the same messages that his disciples heard, um, with the exception of that Jesus went deeper with his disciples uh, when he was with them. Uh, but they didn't want to hear it. 
Um, and uh, so, you know, almost like block there is, we, we, we don't want to hear this. It's threatening our status. Um, it's threatening our lifestyle as it is right now. Things are good for us. Well, things weren't so good for them later. Uh, and then the general population were quite oblivious to what was going on. And Jesus says, if you had only known. And then in verse 43, he says, The days will come and your enemies will build embankments against you. Verse 44, they will demolish you. Um, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave within you one stone on top of another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. And the international standard version says, because you did not recognize the time when God came to help you. Uh, thank God visits us. And there are certain times of visitation when God comes to help us. And we need to recognize when that happens. Not everybody does. God wants to bring wisdom to us. Not everybody receives it and takes it on board. Three reasons why disaster wasn't averted. Number one, they lacked the right kind of knowledge. Um, he says, if only you had known. If only you had known. So knowledge is a key. Um, sometimes people say, oh, I don't need knowledge, I need money. Well, knowledge will help you to get money. Sometimes they say, I've got so many problems, I don't, I don't need verbal stuff. Wisdom will help us to do troubleshooting and problem solving because God's got solutions to every situation that we might face. Uh, if only we would be uh, aware of the importance, even of the preaching of the word when wisdom comes to us. Sometimes people are quite oblivious, like, well, you know, it's like, you know, um, just don't really fully understand what God is trying to do. Um, secondly, they didn't recognize the time of their visitation from God. Um, God's with us all the time, and God speaks to us all the time. Uh, whether we hear all the time is another story, but there are certain times when there is, a, if you like, a visitation, a little mini visitation that's got big consequences if we miss it, and that's got big blessings attached to it if we catch it and lay a hold of it. And then thirdly, they did not recognize the agent whom God had sent to bring God's solution and to bring God's wisdom. Friends, uh, sadly, we can make the same three mistakes today, and many people do. Um, and what's even worse, the people miss their time of visitation they don't receive the wisdom of God. They don't recognize God's agent. And they get down the track and sometimes months and years later and when there's utter devastation, they don't even know what they've missed. This is the tragedy of it. At least it's like, oh no, I can't see now what God was trying to do back here. But sometimes they're so oblivious to what's going on that they don't even know. They're still praying about the same thing. God, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I've been standing everything. God says, you missed your time of visitation. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories in just a moment just to put some flesh uh, uh, on, on the bones, so to speak. Um, verse 42, it says, If you had known the time, the, the time, it says, and also the things that make for peace. What they experienced in 70 AD was not peace. It was utter war and destruction and devastation. He says, If you had only known what makes for peace. Uh, now, that was uh, written in, 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 uh, in Greek. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's in, a, in a Hebrew setting. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Um, and in fact, it's a greeting when Jewish people meet each other and say shalom, shalom. Uh, and of course, we know it is the word peace, but it has a much bigger meaning attached to it. Shalom and the whole concept of it is wrapped up in that word. And it basically means this and, and probably more. It means peace from war. It means completeness. It means soundness. It means welfare, safety, health, prosperity. So when they greet each other, they mean all of that and more. Um, so, the, so they say, uh, rather than, than just shalom, they say, hey, he says, uh, peace from war, completeness, soundness, welfare, safety, health and prosperity and more. And we've come to find out when he talks about completeness, meaning there's nothing missing. And, and friend, if there's something missing in your life, God wants nothing missing. He wants there to be a completeness. And God wants no soundness. God, God wants nothing broken. And there's ongoing brokenness. God wants things fixed. Uh, and our life's fixed. If there's a broken heart, he wants it fixed. He wants it healed. He wants it resolved. So we're able to move on and enjoy life. 
and to get that feeling, that strange feeling that I had this morning and still have it now where I'm, I said I'm feeling strangely happy. <laughs> it's not because anything is so going extremely and outstandingly well, even though things are going well, but, but you know that happiness does not rely on external factors such as things going well or not going well. It's like just a happiness and a, and a satisfaction in God. Jesus Christ suffered, went through all of what he went through, and he died on the cross to pay for complete shalom for you and for me. Nobody has been left out. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to pay a little bit more for some and a little bit less for others. Some will have to make do, and some might even have an overflow. No, it's all paid for for everybody. Everybody say everybody. Let's remind ourselves that we are part of everybody. It's all paid for. Um, God always seeks ways to move us into complete shalom. And many times he will send one of his agents to get the right kind of knowledge to us. A lot of it goes back to knowledge. So I said before, people say, I don't need knowledge, I need money. But knowledge will help us to get money. Wisdom will help us on, on this, how to stop losing money and, and, and so forth. The um, Bible also tells us, in fact, God speaking says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why do you think we spend uh, a good hour, uh, sometimes a bit less, sometimes a bit more, every Sunday to, to share knowledge, revelation knowledge, not information, it's revelation knowledge. Because God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So in order to overcome that problem, we say, okay, God, give us the knowledge. Uh, give us the understanding that we need. The day of visitation is the day when God draws near to bring the blessing to you. Uh, the day of visitation is when God draws near to bring wisdom and knowledge. And the day of visitation is the day when God brings to you that which you have been believing for. And uh, after God's been and gone and everything is fully manifest, you know that God's visited you. Do you know every disaster, every major need that we may experience down the track is always preceded by a visitation. God might visit us in the night hour when we're lying down and cease from our daily activity and hopefully unbusy our minds a little bit uh, so we can hear God. <laughs> God may visit us in the middle of the night in a vision or in a dream. He may visit us in the morning when we first wake up. Um, I typically, you know, study in the latter part of the week um, and, you know, lay things out and put things together so that I'm prepared to, to, to do my job in, 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 you know, passing on the, the, the understanding that God wants passed on on a Sunday by Sunday. And uh, most things are completed by at least by Saturday, but every time Sunday morning I wake up with a better understanding than what I had on Saturday night or Saturday day. It's just a new knowledge. I just wake up with it. It's like, it's like there, and I'm, sometimes I'm quite blown away. Like, you know, I'm standing there doing my routine in the bathroom, <laughs> cleaning my teeth, and like there's just stuff going on, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and just wisdom. See, every disaster is preceded by a visitation from God. God knows the future. And he wants to bring to us uh, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, sometimes a warning to bring us from where we are under his protection. And it means we have got to shift with God. There's something required from us. There's a response required from us. Some of these visitations, and I'm repeating what I've already said, some of them come quite strongly and recognizably, but others come, in fact, most of them, I would say, come very subtly. And unless we're in the spirit, we can absolutely miss what's happening. And these are the ones that I want to talk to you about. Many times God will send one of his humble servants to just bring a word of encouragement. They might not even say, thus says the Lord, but it's just a word of encouragement. And if we're in the spirit, we'll come away from that and say, God's just visited me. He didn't come uh, in his, you know, some people think, <laughs> visitation from God. It's like surely when God comes, we'll just, you know, he'll be here and there'll be the full array of everything there is. And, and when God leaves, the train of his rope smacks us in the face. So we certainly know that God's visited us. Uh, but uh-uh, that's not the case. 
in a moment we'll see that when Jesus came to Jerusalem the first time and he was brought by his parents, um, he came as a humble baby. Uh, they, they completely missed it. They had a, 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 a perception and a, and, a, and a prejudging of what it was going to look like. It, it didn't come like it, it, they thought it, it happened, so they completely missed it. There's two people that knew what was happening and they knew it by the Spirit. When Jesus came the second time, they thought, surely there will be like, you know, the king's coming. Surely he will be in a chariot up the front. It will be all overlaid with gold. And behind him will be the general riding on the finest horse in, in, in the land. And behind him is going to be the whole army. And Jesus is just going to ride, or the, the king, the, the Messiah, the one that they were waiting for. And when, he, when Jesus really came, he came sitting on a donkey, on, on a foal of a donkey, quite lowly. Zechariah chapter, where is that? Let me find that quickly. In uh, Zechariah, and it's not in your outline, but uh, in uh, chapter 9, verse 8, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He's just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey, lowly. Uh, even as Christians, we can have this grandiose idea that sure God's great and <laughs> is full magnificent will completely blow us away if he were to turn up. Many times God comes through a lowly servant, just a humble servant, to bring just a word of encouragement. And they might not even say, thus says the Lord. I remember many years ago, um, I knew this dear man that... Um, had been laid off from work, and um, he got a, I guess, a severance pay, you might call it, um, of a considerable sum of money. Might have been around the vicinity of maybe half a year of his annual income uh, in, in worth. And uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm sort of, um, God's like stirring my heart, and God's saying, go, go and see the man and uh, encourage him to, to go and use that money is a deposit to buy a house. And the sense that I had with it was that this is the only opportunity that he's going to get. Now, that does not mean that everybody else only gets one opportunity, but that's the sense that I had was in this particular situation, it's the only opportunity uh, that this man's going to have. So I went to visit him and had a little time together and how are you going and did a bit of visiting and said, hey, you know, I really feel that, you know, you should consider doing this and, uh, and uh, da, 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 and uh, sort of, uh, and uh, I guess in hindsight, um, I could have knocked on the door and when the door opened, I could have made a grain entry. Da, 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 da. Thus says the Lord, I'm the man of God and thus says the Lord, da, 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 da. thus says the Lord and go home again, do the Old Testament prophet thing, you know. I didn't do that. That's something not my style. You know? <laughs> it's interesting. I spent time with with the family last year as I visited again back in Austria where I grew up, and uh, and many of them are born again, and some having more knowledge and understanding than others. But my, my sister, one of them, is pretty keen, and uh, but it's interesting because it got towards the last days of me being there, and. Uh, she says, oh, and he says, now, he says, you're almost leaving. And, and, and I got so many questions, and, uh, and, and now you're almost gone. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm not putting anything over on you. As if you want to know something, you need to ask me a question or two. Otherwise, I'm not going to, you know, Bible bash you or something like that. You know, it's interesting. They're all good people. But, you know, they had Bible school sitting at their dining room table every day and didn't know to connect into that. Uh, I'm nothing but a humble servant of God, but I've, I've done a bit of study over the years. I, I, I don't know much. I know a few things, and I would have been able to pass on some of the few things, and a few things I did. But, you know, sometimes people don't recognize that that was a visitation from God for that family. It's not about me. I'm purely just a messenger boy. So anyway, I said, look, uh, says, I, I really think that... Uh, that money that you've been given, you should, you should put that down as a down payment and buy yourself a house. I mean, there's a family there. There is a bunch of kids. And, uh, and uh, he says, nah. He says, uh, nah. He says, I'm, uh, I'm just going to take some time off, and, uh, which he did. Took off considerable time and 
chewed into the money and then when it's all gone, it's all gone. Um, now I've since lost touch with the man and uh, I occasionally hear that things haven't gone very good lately. Um, we're talking decades later now. And uh, that was one of perhaps one of the most vivid examples of missed your time of visitation from God. God turned up, but, uh, but you didn't recognize him. And you didn't know the wisdom that God wanted to bring into you because maybe it didn't come in the way that you wanted it to come or maybe, maybe you weren't in the spirit, but you certainly didn't catch it. For all I know, the man might be praying about the same thing back here. Say, God, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you answering my prayers? God, I need this, I need that. And God says, you missed your time of visitation. And you know what? As a pastor, you sort of get a glimpses of the feeling how Jesus felt when he looked over the, over the city and Jesus wept because he could see upcoming problems very clearly. Um, and uh, and, and he, he tried. Jesus certainly tried. He says, how often did I want to gather you together and bring you under the wings of my protection, but you would not. He says, you are the one that kills the prophets. Um, same situation is uh, played out all over the world where, you know, the prophets, pastors are being killed. I mean, they're not physically killed, but men, some people, if words could kill, pastors would be like lying down, bleeding, their back just the arrow sticking out in all directions, people missing their visitation from God. I remember when... Uh, Vanessa and I, and we're talking about Bible school, and we're about to swing into the second year of Bible school next year, and Vanessa and I uh, heard about the Bible school that was going to start in the church that we were a part of, and uh, we certainly had a greater hunger than what was satisfied uh, in Sunday services, and there wasn't uh, sort of a great deal of other things going on, but Bible school was going to start, and, uh, and I knew that this is it. I'm absolutely, absolutely I'm going to be in it, and... Uh, but though I didn't know how it was going to happen because my work at that time involved hours, sort of shift work that prevented me from going. So I really needed to have the boss's uh, permission, if you like, to release me for that period, uh, um, five days a week between nine in the morning and midday and so forth. And it was sort of quite out there, quite difficult, if you like. Um, then we weren't really on a fantastic income back then at that particular time either. And some of us said, well, um, if God will you know, if God wants us to go, then we will go and God will make the way. So a few weeks, a couple of weeks um, before Bible school starts, in the beginning of the year, I really felt to get away, spend some time fasting and praying, and um, which I did, and uh, just seeking God in regards to what everything was going to look like and what I was going to say to the boss, because I sort of been praying about this for a time and hadn't had any clear understanding in regards to how to approach the boss and, and so forth. So I'm away fasting and praying, and next minute there's a phone call. Uh, the people where I was staying at the time, they sort of came to get me and said, look, the, your wife's on the phone and she wants to talk to you. I'm thinking, I'm only just gone a couple of days. And and uh, so anyway, I get on the phone, and here's my wife, and she's crying, and uh, not upset, but uh, kind of really stirred in her spirit. And what had happened was that one of the teachers from Bible school had come to visit us. I'm, I'm been on to him hours away, so anyway, he ends up having a cup of tea with Vanessa and uh, ends up chatting with her. And on where Stefan is, oh, he's away fasting and praying. He's, you know, he's about to register for Bible school and he really needs to get uh, a breakthrough in this situation. And, and this man said, look, he says, uh, he says to Vanessa, really, I really think that you need to go as well because there's something that you guys are called to do together, and you, you need to go as well. Uh, well, it blew her away, and when she tells me, it blew me away. It's like I've barely enough faith for me to go, let alone for her to go. And I'm talking faith as in two lots of school fees rather than one lot of school fees. We had a couple of small children. The third one uh, was, came along the, the, the way, and, and, and uh, just, it was just quite complicated all of a sudden. And, and so anyway... Uh, She's like, oh, I really feel that I need to go, and, uh, and, 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 you know, can I go? And just uh, the whole discussion around it all, I'm thinking, oh. so I said before, I barely got enough faith for me to get there. And, and this is like the mountains just become a bit steeper just now. You know? And so anyway, make a long story short, uh, uh, she registered as well, and uh, I kind of watched her, and 
there's time leading up, you know, to the first Monday morning where Bible school starts, and she's getting all the buys lunch boxes for the kids, get gets them all laid out and backpacks and everything because after all, kids will have to go somewhere. We don't know where they was gonna go, but they will go somewhere, and they need backpacks and they need lunch boxes and everything, and uh, and. Uh, and uh, talk about a faith woman just stepping out, and I sort of watched this, and I wasn't going to get in the way of it, but I'm not sure if my faith was all that much involved. It was her faith, but, but here's the point. She didn't miss the time of her visitation from God. God visited her that day when this man came around. He says, I really think you should go as well. He didn't say, thus says the Lord. He says, I really think you should. And sometimes we need to be a bit more, a bit more alert when somebody is over us in the Lord, or somebody, you know, there's people that are mature that, that come to us and say, hey, I really think so and so and such and such, we need to be a bit more alert because this could be a time of visitation from God that will radically alter our destiny or actually move us into our destiny rather than heading down hopeless street or heading down a, a useless street or, or, or some other terrible place. How many of you know what I'm saying? And uh, she didn't miss her time of visitation from God. Um, in early 2012, uh, late 2011, um, we had purchased a, um, a, um, a video teaching called Samadhi from uh, a man by the name of Tom Ingalls, whom, of course, later on we got to meet. It had sat in our drawer for about a year and... Uh, and at the beginning of 2012, we wanted to launch that into our small groups as, as one of the curriculum that we was running, or was it the whole curriculum? I forget the details now. And uh, Vanessa really had uh, this stirring, said, look, I'm, I think we need to invite Pastor Tom Ingalls from Sydney to come and uh, help us launch Bible School and Psalmody because he wrote the stuff. And, uh, and this is now two weeks before we start you know, small groups, and I said to him, he can't do that. I said, he can't invite an international minister two weeks before we need him. That is just so unprofessional. It makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about and everything. Well, she knew that she had a visitation from God. And and so anyway, I said, look, I said, write the email, but write it in this way. You know, we kind of said, just playing with the words and, and said, look, Pastor Tom, you know, we love your material. And uh, if we were to invite you, how soon would you be able to come? Uh, it's a bit of a subtle way of communicating. In fact, we discussed all of that with him, and he kind of laughed. You know, talk about a gracious man. And so, anyway, so she writes the email, and he writes back pretty quick. He says, "Look, I can I can come in two weeks." <laughs> it's like unheard of. It's just it's just unheard of. And within two weeks, the man is in the house here, helps us uh, launch the curriculum that some of you were a part of, and. Uh, and when we met the man and spending time together, which really we feel that, praise God for everything that we get on a Sunday or in special meetings when we get guest speakers in, but our one-on-one -on -one time with these people is just always so valuable. And we made a real God connection with this man. We will call it a divine connection. Um, and God visited us uh, on that day. Uh, we had uh, some sort of a seminar here on Saturday morning, and we went to get some lunch. And at dinner time, we were still sitting there, just talking and dialoguing. It was just a just a connection that was made. And in the process of him talking to us and us talking with him, uh, he talked to us about uh, uh, Christian Family Church International back in Johannesburg, and uh, Pastors uh, Theo and and, and Bev uh, Wormerans and and their work back in in in. Uh, in, in Joburg there, and their desire to expand Bible school around the world and so forth, and it's like uh, like there was a visitation that was taking place like right there, and uh, and he says I've got a man coming uh, to visit us uh, in, in in a couple of months time, and uh, and he will talk to us about Bible school in this part of the world and so forth, and that was Dr. Uh, Andre Wilmans. Um, and anyway, time went by, nothing happened, but we knew that we had a visitation from God. We said this. God's saying something here. And um, make a long story short about we're now into May, and um, and again, Vanessa thinks, oh, having heard what's going on. And so she sends an email to Pastor Tom, say, hey, Pastor Tom, you talked about the man from South Africa coming, and uh, and and what's happening? Is he, is he coming? And uh, pretty quick he replies, and he says, it's funny, you should contact me now. He says, the man is with me right now. He says, let me set up a Skype call uh, for you guys and then you can discuss with him and uh, and so forth and 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 so again we had a sense like there is a visitation from 
going on from God right now. And it has to do with our destiny. It has to do with our vision. It has to do with the fulfillment of something that we've carried in our heart for years and years and years. Here's now the time of the unlocking taking place. God's about to handle something on a platter. We might have missed that. We might have missed that, but we didn't. Um, and again, as we have this conference call and then uh, a few other things that I haven't got time to get into, uh, uh, we ended up going to the conference there in Joburg last year and connected with these people and men talk about them embracing us and just gracious, gracious people. And of course, we came back with Bible school in a box, physically and literally. They call it Bible school in a box. We came back with a box, Bible school inside. Um, and the rest is history. Um, now here is us carrying this dream, uh, and sometimes we talk about it. Sometimes we, you know, we we, we haven't. But uh, it, the dream was there all the time, and there was a time of visitation. We could have missed it. We could have missed it. Um, and you know, some of you could stand up and say, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. This is what happened to me. Or, this went on and somebody came to see me and so forth. And do you know what, sadly, there's sometimes people running around. They're always trying to find their lucky break. And uh, off over here and off over there. Visitations will come to you. Um, you know, when uh, God visited Gideon, he was down in the wine press threshing wheat because of the Midianite raiders that had come in and he was down there hiding. You should thresh read up in the threshing floor, but it's out open and visible. So he's down there just going about his business. And sometimes you might think, well, I'm down so low. God can't find me. God knows where you are. You don't need to roam around. You don't need to find your lucky break. You just trust God and carry on doing what he has called you to do. Walk in the light of the revelation that you have. Let me turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. This is now the time when Jesus' parents bring him to, um, to the temple, to Jerusalem, to the temple. It's dedication service, if you like. Um, verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, can I suggest that the whole nation was waiting for the consolation of Israel in one, to one degree or another? They knew that God had promised a deliverer, the Messiah, the king that was going to come. Uh, some were like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't come anymore. Maybe God's changed his mind. It's a bit like now, you know. <laughs> Jesus promised that, that he's going to come again. And, and by the way, he will. <laughs> oh, well, we've heard it for so long. You know, maybe it's never going to happen. It will happen. And uh, many Christians will be caught unawares, which is the tragedy. That's why we're discussing these things. So many people were waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is basically talking about the king, the Messiah. But the difference was, it says, the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was a Holy Spirit man, and it had, become, had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he's an older man by now, but he knew that he wasn't going to die until he had seen the Messiah, until he'd seen the Deliverer. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. Everybody say, by the Spirit. The man was led by the Spirit, and in order to be led by the Spirit, we need to be in the Spirit. If we're in the flesh, we're going to miss the whole thing. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He says, I've heard about salvation, the Pharisees talked about it, the different high priests, they talked about salvation, but now I've seen it with my eyes and now I can die. Um, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. And uh, f following on from there, and again, we haven't got time to get into it, but there was a, an older woman that was in the temple virtually day and night. Uh, her name was Anna, the prophetess. She was a widow of uh, about, uh, I don't know, 60 years or something, and, uh, and she had devoted her whole life to fasting and praying and serving God in that setting there. And of course, when I say serving God, you know, the priests were, all had to be male, but she was a woman, but she wasn't put off by that. She says, if I'm not allowed to do this or that, I'll just do what I can. And she prayed and she fasted and she, she, she did all of that. And she's by the Spirit, she came into the temple at that moment. And she saw Jesus and she recognized him. And she, again, began to prophesy over him. Here's my point. 
The whole nation is waiting for the consolation of Israel, is waiting for the Messiah, is waiting for the king. They got wrong perceptions of what it's going to look, look like. And some of them have moved on to other things, like, well, you know, we're just busy. We're going to have to build our business. We're going to build our family, build our houses. And these things are all important, but everything needs to have its proper place. The whole nation is waiting. Two people recognize Jesus when he comes. So that makes me think. It's like uh, if uh, God were to meet me in the streets and slap me in the face, would I recognize him? Because I might have the wrong perception. Many times God will come lowly, like he came into Jerusalem, lowly, riding on a donkey, on the, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. A lowly servant will come and say, hey, good to see you. Hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Or, or you know, it, it could just be, it could just be just a word of encouragement. And the person delivering the message mightn't even know what they're saying. It's just the word of the Lord, a bit like a prophecy that, that sometimes we know it and sometimes we just talk. I remember one time, it's like, it's amazing how God's able to nail people. I was meeting with this young couple. Um, this, they were together and, uh, and um, encouraged them to live right and so forth and just, just sharing with them. And, uh, and uh, throughout the discussion, I was just encouraging them. Throughout the discussion, they were like looking at each other. It's like, have you been talking to him? Have you been talking to him? I found out this later that, that God nailed them on how they were treating each other and what they were saying to each other and all the stuff that was going on. I mean, I didn't know the, 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 the severity of what I was saying. God just putting thoughts in my mind. That's all it was. For me, it was just a discussion. For them, it was a divine encounter with God. But again, I wish I could tell you a happy story, but it's not. It's a sad story. They all, it all bust up. It all broke up. And uh, so I'm talking years ago now. I occasionally run into the lady, and you know, I don't know where he is these days. And uh, they missed their visitation from God. That's what I'm saying. The crowd had no idea when Jesus turned up. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent missed it when Jesus came the first time as a baby, and a good hunk of the population missed it when Jesus came the second time. That lets me think it's like, hello. Maybe we gotta be just a bit more alert to what God's doing. I'm not <laughs> saying any of this to kind of build a case that when I come and visit you and say, so, oh. <laughs> you know, sometimes people call me pastor and that's lovely, but you can call me bro, I don't care. Really, that's, that's really not the point. But it's what's the estimation that you put on the words when somebody comes to speak to you. And in many cases, it's one of God's humble servants. God's able to use un believing people to bring a word it's like hello it's like something a couple of times it's like I was like really felt like, like slapped and and like oh God just visited me and like I just heard something that was God speaking to me and I need to tidy up my attitude um, there's way too much destruction going on in the lives of believers way too much disaster Way too much financial uh, major needs that God knew about before they arose. And God decided that he was going to arrange a visitation. But many times people miss it. I'm sad to say many times people miss it. We've got to be in the spirit. There's one last story and then we'll wind down. When uh, we purchased this building here that we are in now, that we're using as our main church meeting facility, um, we uh, obviously met with the vendor and uh, we had a, perhaps a bit more interaction than what you might just otherwise do with working through an agent and uh, sort of make quite a good connection. And when the, the, the whole thing was signed and sealed, as it were, and, and I remember standing outside there on the corner right on the, of that building right there and we shook hands and said, great doing business with you. And I said, by the way, 
uh, knowing that he also owned the building on this side. He says, by the way, when you're ready to sell that, let us know because we'll be interested. Um, and, and that was that. And uh, moved on from there and uh, kind of, you know, tried to stay a little bit alert. It's like, what's happening, you know? And the uh, next minute you kind of hear that, uh, that there's some rumblings going on, maybe a place being selling or being sold or something. And... Uh, and there was no signs out, you know, typically when the place is for sale, there's, you know, for sale sign, well, there was none of that, and uh, and uh, there's all co sort of complications attached to it that I can't get, get into, and some of them have got commercial <laughs> understanding attached to it that's still a bit sensitive now, but uh, to make a long story short, uh, Vanessa felt, had met the man, with, uh, and she felt, so I'm, I'm going to ring so-and-so, and I'm going to talk to him about... Uh, I need to ring him and talk to him, and sure enough, and I, well, you know, you feel to ring him. I'm not going to stop you, and you know, you go ahead. And uh, there's a very interesting scenario where the man said, "Look," he says, "I should not even be talking to you right now about this particular place." He says, uh, "There is a contract on it right now, uh, but ring me in—I don't know what the scenario was. Ring me in, th 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 you know, in, in 48 hours or in 24 hours or something. There was going to be a very short window of uh, uh, a contract." ending and before an extension was going to be granted he says ring me then and he says and you put an offer in, in front of me and he says we can talk and like within a matter of uh, days days the window was there uh you know what i said well is that a big deal <laughs> it's a very big deal um with the size of the church now and the size of the ministry there's no way that we could operate on this particular facility if we had not had uh, breakout facilities uh, next door and so forth it just couldn't operate and the funny thing was that there were people at the time that accused us of being big-headed uh, um, it's amazing what's out there in the congregation don't look around but it's amazing what's out there you know sometimes pastors think everybody's with them you got sometimes people sitting out there that are just not entirely on board at all they're in the flesh they're not in the spirit and i'm i'm not talking about this congregation i'm talking about you know churches across the board and some of the pastors that i meet with it some of it is like sad you know i i, I could make you cry with some of the stories that i i, I could share and so anyway um uh, it wasn't a matter of Yeah, yeah, and so um, there was like a window, and it was what I was going to say. It's not a matter of being big-headed; it was a big vision, <laughs> big vision. Okay, and just trying to follow God. Yeah, and uh, make a long story short, within a matter of a couple of days, we had the place kind of kind of signed and sealed, and there was just all sorts of stuff going on. We had lawyers uh, of other parties ringing us. There was just all sorts of people that had a vested interest in getting the place. And, and, <laughs> and guess who gets it? <laughs> the church. <laughs> Praise God, you know. And but 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 here's the point. Sometimes, sometimes God sends one of His agents to just bring a word. Other times, God just stirs our heart and puts a picture in front of us. And uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, Pastor Vanessa could have missed what was going on. Say, oh, no, I better not. You know, I better not. Better not ring. Better not bother the man. You know, it's a pretty big play in terms of the property and business and everything. But no, actually, uh, actually, we, we, we met with the man and Vanessa shared the gospel with him. The, the whole deal uh, just struck up a really good relationship. And to make a long story short, we could have missed the time of our visitation from God when it took place. We could be down here now in the year 2013 say, God, when are you going to break through for us? When is this going to happen? When's that? We could be totally oblivious that God visited us back here. Jesus says, how often did I want to gather you under the wings of my protection? How often did I send one of my people and sometimes even heathen people to just give you words, but you were in the flesh. You weren't in the spirit. You didn't pick it up. And so finally in Romans chapter 8 verse 5, uh, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hebrews chapter 6, 
Chapter 11, verse 6 tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God. Here tells us that if we're, if we're in the flesh, we cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. Paul speaking to the Roman believers says, you guys are in the Spirit, so you, you might as well move in the Spirit and be alert. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his, or he's not his. And so there is two places, two realms that we can live in. If you live in the realm of the flesh, everything on a natural level, everything having a logic attached to it and reason, we're going to absolutely miss visitation after visitation after visitation. But if you're in the Spirit, God visits all the time. God's always there bringing wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It wants to bring breakthrough, but God needs us to cooperate with Him. But tragically, it can be missed. Let's just write down with that thought. You might say, how will I know if I'm in the spirit or if I'm in the flesh? People who are constantly involved in strife and contentions, quarrels, are not in the spirit. Because if they were, they'd immediately do what they can in order to put it right. But people that are ongoing are not in the Spirit. People who are offended at somebody, maybe God, maybe somebody that's let him down, maybe somebody that said something that shouldn't have said it, people are offended are not in the Spirit. Our spirit does not know how to get offended. We have been crucified with Christ. We actually dare to ourselves. And it is Christ that lives in us. And Christ, when he hung on the cross, even made intercession for the people that crucified him. He says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I know this is so radically different to where we live and how people operate at work and in business and the cutthroat environment and the scrapping and the quarreling that goes on and uh, in amongst families and issues and so forth. But uh, friend, let me tell you, if you think you're missing out somewhere and you think you need to just absolutely always fight every battle, you're fighting on your own. God can't help you because you're not in the Spirit. And then finally, people who are disinterested in Jesus and in His teaching are not in the Spirit. Now, I know that this is not the most positive word here today. Um, it's really in the sense, as I say, it came, came to me by revelation. And I've seen things long enough. It's like, oh, no, there's too many disasters, too many things going on that should not be going on if only people were in the Spirit and uh, not miss the time of their visitation. Acts 24, 16, last scripture now. 24.16, this being so, Paul the Apostle speaking, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. Our conscience is probably one of the most important things in our lives. Not our money, not our business, not our relationships, not our family. These things are all important. But our conscience is probably one of the most important things in our lives. Our conscience is the voice of our spirit. And uh, Proverbs tells us, chapter 4, verse 23, is it guards your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You clutter up your well, your, 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 your conscience with strife, with division, with quarrels, with gossips, with judgmental, judgmentalism, and all of these other things, Nothing good can flow out of it, and so people are left to their own devices, doing what they can, make a living, you know, and just going on. But God has got much, much more for every single one of us. Let's bow our heads as we close with a word of prayer. Father, we praise you. We want to thank you. We want to thank you, Father, that even right, right here, right now, this is a visitation from God. I want to thank you, Father, that you're bringing wisdom into our lives, knowledge, understanding, for you know the future. And Lord, though we declare and confess that the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter unto that day, 
we know, Lord, unless we live by your word, uh, there's a disaster down the track that cannot be averted any other way. There's needs that will not be met because they can't be filled by the arm of the flesh. They can only be filled, Lord, by your strength. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you afresh and we choose to let go of everyone that has offended us. We choose not to harbor any unforgiveness towards anybody. We want to have a conscience that it is without offense towards you and towards men. And Father, we thank you that you're visiting us time and time again to bless us. Lord, we want to be more alert to recognize when you send one of your humble servants to come into our lives to just bring us a word of encouragement. We suddenly know that we have been visited by God. You came lowly. You didn't come in your full glory. But Lord, your glory wants to manifest in our lives. Full shalom wants to manifest in each and every one of our lives.